listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Hello, this is Deborah Wolf, your host of Animal Party on Pet Life Radio, and it's a snow party today. Thank God, not for me yet, but for Laura, who just tromped through the snow to come be with us, Laura Cook, and, okay, I'm going to get this right this time, she does medical intuitive work, she's a holistic allergy consultant, and she's she does healing work, and she helps people tons, body talk, she does body talk which is how she asks your body what's wrong with it, what's right with it, what it needs, what it wants. And instead of trying all kinds of meds and drugs that may or may not agree with you, you just get the vitamins, nutrients, diet, and sometimes drugs that you need, and you avoid the rest. So sometimes she can pick up something like, your body doesn't want that pill just because it's colored red, and it doesn't like the red dye. How long would it take you to figure that out? Maybe never. So yeah, she helps a lot of people. And that's what we're here to talk about today, because some of it, a lot of it, has to do with animals and animal allergies and problems with pets. And so welcome to the show, Laura. Hi, Deb. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. It's great to have you here. I also know, fair is fair, you've got a dog question for me. So maybe we'll start with that. What's your dog like? I think it's a big bear dog of some kind. She's a Great Pyrenees crossed with a Russian Shepherd. Okay. And so far, you so might be able good. to hear her barking. Yes. If you hear her barking, she's just outside and very upset with me for not being with her right now. Um, I think she's going into heat. We just got her, and um, we've been debating it, and I think we are going to get her spayed. But I think now it's a little bit too late. We didn't know really what her cycle was yet. Oh, dear. And y- do you see red in the snow already? Not yet, but I was talking then, to okay, the... Okay, then I would suggest you get her to the vet fast. If you can get her to the vet before yeah. it starts. Yeah, because they do charge you a lot more if it's already begun. But if you're going to spay her anyway, don't make her go through a heat, especially if she's, she's already, an outdoor... She's already been through a heat. No, but I'm, what I'm saying is because she's an outdoor dog, the whole time okay. it, she's going to be a draw. There's going to yeah. be wild dogs and animals that have extreme interest in her. And it's pretty hard to live like that. You know, you're going to have her tied up outside and she's going to be very, okay. that's the barking. She's going to be very loud, very upset, very anxious, very worried. She can't run away if something comes after her. Everything's going to want her. You know, you're going to see wolves. You're going to see foxes, coyotes, all kinds of canines, dogs from next door. You're going to see everybody. So, and they'll be fighting, right? Like it's, it's something, it's a big something. I mean, even here where I run a boarding and breeding kennel and I'm all set up for it, I still have my stud male who, if it's a time when he's not allowed to mate with her or a girl that he's not being mated with, oh, he sings at the fences. I mean, he sings the blues, like from, you know, the moment he wakes up, I mean, even all night long, if it, it can be pretty rough, like especially the day she's ovulating, which could be three, four, five days, but <laughs> could be could be loud. So, I mean, if you were going to breed her and you had a good reason to breed her, which I don't think you do, um, and everybody, all the puppies were truly, truly wanted and needed, which I don't think is the case, that, that would be different. But if you're going to spay her anyway, you may as well get it done, like, right away, right as soon as you can before the heat shows up. And just okay. book her, like, after you hang up <laughs> from the radio. I will, I will. <laughs> It it's also we going to help you with some of the behavior problems. With boys, okay. unneutered boys wander. That's part of their MO. Almost 
I think it's over 90% of dog bites in America to children happen from unneutered boys. It's really off the scale overrepresented. So the intact male has a lot going on. The intact female, it's not quite as bad, except for when she's at these times of the year. When she's mm-hmm. in heat or coming into a heat, her desire to roam and find good partners is extreme. So the past few weeks, when you've been trying to teach her to come when called and stay near to home, if she wanted a litter, she's been out looking for the right stud. So you've been competing with a lot. Yeah, lately. well, we haven't let her wander. Like she, okay. she, When she runs away, I'm right on her heels, and uh, my legs are burning, my throat is, <laughs> my chest is burning because she runs so fast and far. But I do get, I do not let her get, you know, out on her own. And uh, we have had one instance where she's ran across and picked up a chicken, but she's never hurt the chicken. Chicken got away, and that was it. The owners okay. were right there, and so. Well, and they deterred her, and they scared her, and that was a good resolution. Um, last time we talked, I suggested you put her on a long leash and do some cum drills, where you call her and pull her in and tell her how good she is. And I also mm-hmm. suggested that you know from now on. Everything she likes, like mealtimes, cuddles, greetings, walks, everything she likes, you say come first. So before, she was just getting fed whenever she felt like it. Nobody was calling her and getting treats. No one was calling her. And so now, is that helping? Have you been doing that, I hope? Yeah, yeah, we are. And we're, we're depending a lot on the getting her spayed, and that's going to really shift her interest Right, and sticking around of, and and being a part of the family, yeah. but um, it's also because she wasn't bonded. I think you know when we first got her. It takes time, especially with an older yeah. rescue dog. It's not immediate. I mean, sometimes people make this mistake with labs or goldens because the dog's super affectionate with them right away. But it's super affectionate with everybody right away. It's going to run off to the next person who happens to be there in the moment while they're inside doing dishes. You know, like they have to. It takes time. People think. Yeah. The connection with animals is unconditional, and I think that's just garbage. It's not unconditional. If you look at any family, the person who gives the most to the animals is the one the animals listen to best. It's, it's totally conditional. The per, you mm-hmm. know, the person, if there's one kid in the family that always walks the dog in the forest, that's the kid the dog will come to off leash. You know, everybody else who doesn't give the dog what it needs is not going to get it to come off leash. Like, it's just the way of, you know, and it, and it can be circumstantial. Grandma may get the best come response in the house because grandma's the one who's always giving it treats. You know, it, it can be yeah. depending on where you are, who's the, but you totally see who's doing what with the dog. Are we going to put off talking about your dog and dog advice until you get her spayed? Is that where we're at with this? But whichever. I mean, the main thing for us is getting yes. her in the car right now. Oh, okay. Tell me about <laughs> tell me about she, that. <laughs> yeah, she. We have we have a kennel, like a really large kennel, and we'll put that right. in the back of the truck and then put her inside of it. But she freaks out the whole time. Okay, how much does she weigh? Uh, oh, 80, like over a hundred? Okay. 80, 90. She's okay, still so thin. She's still thin. 80 or 90 pounds. Okay. <laughs> Not as bad as I was picturing. I was picturing a great Pyrenee, 150-pound dog, or 120-pound yeah, dog. one of those down anyway. the road. <laughs> yeah. No, no. No, I wouldn't want to wrestle that into the truck. Okay. So does she like the kennel when it's just on its own? I yeah, bet you she walks in no problem. Oh, She's good. really well trained it. with the kennel. And she lays and down. And it's the she same one? Yeah. It's the, the same, same one. one. Okay. Mm-hmm. So are you using it regularly or is it just sort of on the truck now? It's every night she comes inside and we turn, okay. we, we drop the fire, the temperature goes down low, so she stops panting after a while because she's pretty <laughs> hot inside. <laughs> but because she's an unspayed female, I don't want her outside alone. No. At night. No. 
so she's inside, and we don't have, we just moved, so we don't have a, a fencing uh, system, anything, so we just have her bring her inside, and she's, she's very good in the kennel. So she's very in the calm. kennel with the door closed at night, door's or the door's closed. open? Door's closed. The door's closed okay. at night, yeah. Okay. Um, do you ever feed her in there or give her treats in there? No. Okay, I would start. Not, not maybe okay. a whole meal, but a little bit of a meal or a snack or surprise her with a treat in there sometimes. Teach her, and I would also teach her a command for it, like something you like in another language or kennel up or go to your bed or whatever, whatever suits you. But teach her something you can rely on that means get in that kennel. And use it not when it's in the truck. Use that command when it's happy times and you're throwing a treat in or you're putting her favorite toy in there or you're, you know, when she knows she's going to want to go in there. So you're just giving yourself more tools. So when the time comes and you have to load her later on, you've got a way to tell her what's happening and she's even more in love with being in there and more comfortable. And then when it is in the truck, you are going to put a treat in there. So when she gets in, she knows even though she's worried and nervous and anxious and doesn't want to do it, when she finally gets in, there's actually a treat in there. Now, if she's really nervous and really car sick, she probably won't eat the treat and she'll stay no. nervous. It won't help much. But, um, but on the other hand, seeing, seeing it there shows her something. It's, it still makes an impact even if she decides not to eat it. But also, uh, at some point, she will eat that treat and then you'll know you've made progress because then she's not as stressed. It's just habit if you will. So you'll, you'll be able to see when that critical, when you hear her munching, you're like, okay, then she's not as afraid anymore. Another thing you can do, there's these gravity straps that they sell at car dealers that sort of hang off the back of your car and they touch the ground. And for some reason, there's something to do with the grounding of the electrical charge of the vehicle. For some reason, a lot of dogs need that. I don't know why, Hmm. but that's something you could look at or creating something similar to it. You know, you could do a homemade version. Another thing is there's the sprays like Rescue Remedy and different ones that you could use to spray the kennel first so the kennel smells soothing and comfortable to the dog before she gets in. And the big thing is going to be lots of short trips, short happy trips, you know, where you put her in and you drive to the closest park walker, put her in, bring her home again, feed her. This kind of a thing where the trips are so short that it just makes it so worthwhile. Now, I know that's a pain. But you can get her over it, and then it won't be a pain. Then she'll just kennel up when you say, get in, eat her treat, lie down, relax, and you'll go someplace. If she's not actually throwing up and the kennel isn't covered in drool, then she's probably not car sick. She's probably afraid of the car. Oh, no, yeah. It. She poops when she's in there. Yeah, that's not car sick. That's no. fear. <laughs> it's so so pooping yeah. in there, yeah, you, it's very hard with that because you, you want to get them to empty themselves before they go, but, of course, there's always something left inside. So when they do it, you almost have to ignore it. It's like when a kid poops himself at the dentist. You don't fuss over it. You know it's about the dentist, and you want him to get over his fear of the dentist, so you're not going to start yelling at him about how he, he, you know. Right. It's the same kind of a thing. I mean, she did not mean to do that. She did not want to do that. And actually, feeding her in her kennel makes her want to poop in it even less. Like, it becomes her eating place. She'll really hate pooping it. So that helps, too. So I want you to try all these things. I know I'm going to have you on the show again in the future, and then... You can let me know how it's going, okay? I will, I will. Okay, so, all right, so let's get back to healing. I know that recently I've heard so much about peanut allergies and kids with peanut allergies, and do dogs ever have allergies like that, where they can't even be around something airborne or, you know, that kind of a thing? Do cats? Yes, I have worked on a dog that probably sneezed every 20 seconds of its life. Like 30 seconds, it was a constant sneezer. And this woman, she had been coming to see me for her allergies, and she was 
so excited with um, her response that she said, you have to come and see my dog. And I lived where I lived. I lived downtown in the city, and she was quite far out. So uh, in my office building, I couldn't bring animals inside of it. So I went out to see her, and this little, it wasn't his little dog. He's pretty big, but yeah, constantly sneezing, constantly sneezing. And it was, we worked with clearing and balancing out um, the all the dust in the area and his, and his food and we did all these I did testing on everything around it and it was a lot of a lot to do with the dust and uh, the environmental allergens that this dog was reacting to and during the session when I was working on the dog he he was you know right when I got there so excited right a new person and happy and we petted and played and you know played with him a little bit got him to calm down but right in the middle of the session he fell asleep <laughs> no sneezing cold and he never sneezed. <laughs> she's, I've actually kept him in contact with her a few times, and she's like, he hasn't, yeah, he hasn't been sneezing at all. And, wow. Uh, yeah. So we, I've seen, I've seen not a lot of animals with, you know, obvious allergies, but uh, I did work on a dog with severe mange. And, oh, uh, that's so debilitating. It's so very severe mange. And this was a rescue dog from, I think, a hurricane. Katrina and she had just they didn't know what to do anymore she'd been to homeopathic she'd been to um, you know the regular veterinarian and she tried everything changing her foods and and everything and um, we actually got the energy system of the animal to balance with the mange Um, we scraped the mange right off of her you know right off of her skin and I just you know, worked with her energy system because her body just wasn't fighting it. Her immune system wasn't taking it under control because most animals can be exposed to it and they're fine. Right. Right. Yeah, there's a lot of things like that. You know what? We have to break for commercial. We're going to come back and talk about how some of these normal things like worms and fleas and in this case mange, they're around all the time. They're in most animals. Every pregnant dog has them. For example, every puppy born has worms. But why is it that, that these dogs aren't sick? And yeah, we treat them, but we don't treat them all the time, every month, like maybe the vets would want us to. And how come their healthy systems work and sometimes they don't? So we're going to come back and talk about that. I'm also going to ask you, because when you were talking about that woman and her dog, I want to make sure I write this down. I want to ask you, that's awfully similar, okay? How come they're sharing the same problems? I feel like that happens with husbands and wives. When you take on a partner, you take... No, I do. Okay, well, we'll talk with that after the break, everybody. So stay tuned to Animal Party Pet Life Radio with Deb Wolf and Laura Cook. Don't go anywhere, because the best is yet to come. Stick around. Buster. You're telling me my dog food products can't go on your shelves? That's right. Didn't pass one of my Petco certified nutrition checklists. Sorry, Wayne. Who made these checklists? Geniuses. Very smart guys. Well, it's good enough for most grocery stores. Do you see cheese puffs on my shelves? Mayonnaise? Soda pop? No. That's because I ain't running no grocery store, Wayne. Your pets will get better nutrition. I guarantee it. Petco. Where the healthy pets go. Go to PetLifeRadio.com slash Petco and get $6 off your order of $60 or more and up to 40% off hundreds of items at Petco. PetLifeRadio.com slash Petco. 
Dyson. The new Dyson Animal Backs are powerful bagless upright vacuums for homes with pets. Air muscle and radio root cyclone technology generates the strongest suction power to powerfully remove dust, dirt, and pet hair from the home or car. To order your Dyson Animal Back, go to PetLifeRadio.com forward slash Dyson. PetLifeRadio.com forward slash Dyson. To order your Dyson Animal Back today. Dyson. Music to your ears. This year, Americans are expected to spend a jaw-dropping $36 billion on their pets. From lighted leashes to high-end spa products, the discriminating pet owner can find just about anything to pamper his or her pet. Hi, this is Michelle Fern. Join me every week for Best Bets for Pets, where we'll talk about the latest pet products and talk to the companies that make them. Best Bets for Pets, every week, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. You're inside the VIP room. With the hottest party in town. Back to the party. Let's go! Hello! We're back with Animal Party Pet Life Radio. And we're going to do a little husband bashing here. If you marry a guy who's really sick and has this terrible lifestyle and diet, you're going to take some of that on. I mean, even just in basic ways. If the guy hurts himself so much so often that he can never lift things, and you have to lift everything, well, eventually your back will fatigue. Or if he's doing some of the shopping and buying all kinds of garbage, eventually you're going to start eating some of it. And, you know, I think lifestyle is contagious, but is it contagious with your pet? I mean, I see it. I fostered a cat out to some people who are both on the heavy side. And now the cat, they were laughing, telling me is 18 pounds, ha, 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 but she's happy. And I I said, please don't do this to her. She'll have a shorter life. She'll have pain all their life. Why are you making her 18 pounds? You're totally in charge of her food. Clearly, in that case, their health issues are now this cat's health issues. These are two very large ladies with a very large cat, and they don't see a problem. And so what about this woman with the allergies and the dog with the allergies? Is there a big connection? Yeah, when we connect, uh, I've seen animals take on the symptoms of their, uh, their owners, absorbing those symptoms. I had a cat that had the girl that it was bonding to. She had all this these throat issues, and um, her throat issues disappeared. And then her cat developed cancer in the in all the lymph and on on her neck. And that I identified that energetically and shamanically as the animal was absorbing it from someone in the household. And when they told me that story about the girl. You know, they told me after I identified, okay, this cat is absorbing it from someone else. And she said, oh, our, the daughter who our cat is bonded to has this, had the throat, this whole problem. They disappeared. The animals wow. are going to bond and they're going to absorb energies that aren't healthy for you because they love you so much and they're going to take those on. And it's just a part of their nature. Um, the connection with um, animal sharing symptoms is sort of like mirroring and picking up habits from one another uh, or a genetic um, I don't know if you've heard of epigenetics which is the idea that the control of the genes is not actually inside the genes in the DNA it's outside of our genes it's in our environment so if you know, you have these belief systems and you say, okay, everybody in my family has all these illnesses and then that's your body, you're imprinting that in your genes to shift them. And that's a new science that's, that's you know, been around for the last 
20 years and is really coming out now and being recognized as, as a true science called epigenetics. So this is what is happening when you see the animals taking on traits and, you know, overweight <laughs> cat with overweight owners. <laughs> and that's they, they're just going to connect and develop those habits and they're going to change their genes to their environment. And, I have uh, seen yeah. the opposite, too. Like, I remember this one woman, her name was Isabel, and she was quite a bit older than me at the time, still is, I guess, but was so, so beautiful, and her body was just slamming, you know? She was just thin and fit, and her clothes were tight, 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 and she had this dog that had, like, lumps all over it from being obese. It, could, it had these little stubby legs and this huge rotund body, and it would just sort of waddle around. And I said to her, look, obviously you take care of yourself. How can you do this to your dog? And she said, every time I want a snack, I just give the animals. She had 11 cats and one dog. Every time I want a snack, I just give a treat to the pets. And that was her way of, you know, balancing her weight. Thank God she didn't have little kids at home. But it's, oh, it's just, you know, so some people do it the other way. That dog, by the way, didn't know it was a dog. It had so many cat traits. It grew up with 11 cats, and it would, like, rub along the furniture like a cat, and it would stretch like a cat, and it would rub its, the front of its face where the cat's um, happy pheromones are against you. And it was just like, you're not a cat. Look, Kaylee, you're not a cat. You're a dog. Come on, give us a bark. You know, no. Anyway, so, <laughs> but, uh, but I, I find this interesting how people and pets can can share illnesses, and I I do see it. I completely see it in mm-hmm. in my work with animals that there will be similar trends, and I also see it with kids. Like I know a couple in Ontario that sent me an email. They were asking me for advice on something entirely different for their cat, but it very quickly led to the fact that the daughter had. And it was like, I don't know, 40 allergies, like listed. She can't have gluten and she can't have wheat and she can't have rye. And she can't, and it just went on and on and on and on and on and on. And it talked about naked nuts and this and that. And on. it was like you needed a dictionary to read this list. And then I said, is there, because I was asking about the cat. So they sent this about the daughter. And then I said, is there anyone else in the family with a list like this? Then they sent their list, the two parents. And I'm like, okay, there's got to be something toxic in your apartment. I mean, come on. How, or, yeah. <laughs> or life or, I mean, or so you've got some bacteria you've passed to your whole family. I don't know what's going on here, but there's no way the cat and three, two adults and a child should have this much they can't eat. This is crazy. And all, mm-hmm. well, we're genetically related. Not the cat. The cat's not genetically related. <laughs> and one of the parents isn't genetically related. So we've, yeah, okay, there is one mom and daughter connection, but... There's another adult and a cat, you know? So what, do you, what would you say to these people? Are they, what's going on with that? Why are they all suffering like this the same kind of way? Well, you look at, I mean, you look at the digestive system, and that's 80% of your immune system right in your digestive system. So if it's not healthy, then your immune system is going to be failing, and you're going to be reacting to a lot of stuff, right? So, you know, like if it's that, then get on probiotics and get on um, colonizing probiotics because you want the stuff you want the bacteria to, to protect your digestive system so it can rebuild. And that will shift your immune system and your skin allergies and your food allergies pretty quickly. I mean, not just yogurt probiotics. Yogurt is carrying transient probiotics. So those probiotics, you eat them, they go in, they help your food digest, they hang out for a little while, and then they leave. They're not colonizing your digestive system. So that's the difference there. I get a lot of people saying, okay, well, I eat probiotic yogurt. I'm like, no, you need to take support. And the reason why with probiotics, I get into this a little bit, and because it's great for animals too. If you have animals with allergies, give them probiotics. 
Um, they have canine probiotics. Uh, I use um, a brand called Garden of Life simply because it's it's nice and sort of good for the animals. It's really well-rounded um, probiotic regime. But the reason is is that our food is filled with antibiotics. If you look at the food that they're mm-hmm. getting, if they're, even if you're getting raw food, if it's not free-range organic unmedicated, those the animals, those farm animals have probably been given antibiotics. The dairy you're eating is filled probably with antibiotics because if you think of dairy, well, it's coming out of the, the mammaries, right, and the lymph. The lymph is, is, is helping to remove toxins out of the body. So whatever vaccines or antibiotics that the cows have been given or the goats or whatever kind of milk you're drinking is coming out in the dairy and going into the cheese. So if you're looking at dog food, what's mm-hmm. in that? What are those uh, what are the uh, the meats um, being processed? It's probably not the best quality in a lot of the foods, dog foods, and uh, what kind of antibiotics are there? So right. I would say any animal, any human being, <laughs> that's the basic health need of our time is the probiotics. We're going to go to another commercial, and when we come back, I'm going to tell you why maybe, maybe you're going to change your mind about food scraps and your dog and your cat. <laughs> Okay, everybody, stay tuned to Animal Party on Pet Life Radio with Deb Wolf and Laura Cook. Don't leave this party before it's over because the best is yet to come. Only losers leave the party early anyway. Party on. Back in a few. Every pet is unique. Maybe they're gray in the muzzle, yet young at heart. Maybe they're growing out of the puppy stage and into their paws and ears. Or maybe they're just trying to maintain a more girlish figure. At PetSmart, we have the right food for your pet at a great value for you. PetSmart. Be better together. Go to PetLifeRadio.com slash PetSmart and save up to 30% on toys, collars, leashes, PetSmart gift cards, treats, and more. Go to PetLifeRadio.com slash PetSmart today. Love your pets but wish their medications were a lot less expensive? They are at 1-800-PET-MEDS. You'll not only save on flea and heartworm medications, but on prescriptions for arthritis, incontinence, thyroid, and more. And you get fast service, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Plus, our licensed pharmacists ensure accuracy, monitor drug interaction, and more. See why over 5 million people have trusted their pet's health to 1-800-PET-MEDS, America's largest pet pharmacy. Call now or order online. Go to PetMeds.com forward slash party, P-A-R-T-Y, to get 10% off any order and free shipping on orders of $39 or more. Stop what you're doing and start horsing around. Every week on Pet Life Radio, horse expert and award-winning rider Audrey Pavia will be trotting out great tips on feeding, breeding, and more on everything equestrian. So set a spell and say hey to Audrey and get ready for a darn tootin' gallopin' good time every week on Horsin' Around, on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Pet 
You're, you're, you're inside the VIP room with the hottest party in town. Back to the party. Let's go. Hello. We're back with Animal Party on Pet Life Radio. And as Laura was talking about the yogurt and the treated antibiotic fed traumatized, she didn't say this, but traumatized, stressed out sources of meat that sometimes end up in our animals' food bowl. As she was talking about that, I was thinking about the fact that there's many people out there, many families out there, who do make conscious choices to buy for themselves and their children naturally raised meats and organic meats and good vegetables, and they make the point of washing things really well and getting things really fresh and going with raw foods. Okay, and they're getting yogurt with probiotics in it. Yeah, these are the people. They're putting flaxseed in their food. They're doing all kinds of stuff. Those people are also throwing all that out when they think it's past its stale-by date or maybe just not as fresh as it could be. And they shouldn't. If the thing isn't overly processed, overly salted, and overly chemical treated, and it's natural and healthy and it's meat, it can go to cats. If it's fish or meat and fish skin or meat parts that you don't want to eat, it can go to cats. And if it's most other things, it can go to dogs, as long as it's a pretty pure thing. Like brown rice you don't want to eat, leftover stew meat you're not interested in, chicken you don't want to eat. These are the kinds of things, cottage cheese you don't want to eat, yogurt with probiotics you don't want to eat because it's maybe too stale. These are the kinds of things that are turn over the dog food package in a much yuckier form, a much staler, more processed form, That's what's in your dog food. So why not feed it fresh from your fridge? Yams are great. Dogs adore them and they're cleansing. So think about that. Think about cooking up some yams for your dog every once in a while. Think about adding some hard-boiled eggs that are nice eggs, fresh eggs to your dog's food instead of the sort of dried, processed, kibbled version of the same thing that came from some mass farm somewhere. Or if you're the kind of person who won't eat the skin of your fish, Let your cat eat it. Let your dog eat it. Don't throw it in the garbage. If you're going to drain out your salmon tin from that lovely oil, which you should be eating, but if you're going to drain it out, then, you know, give it to somebody else, one of your furry family members who's dying for it. Okay, Mm -hmm. so, (laughs) so Laura, uh, what would you add to all this? Because you're the nutritionist, not me. I'm just the animal, animal guru over here at Camp Good Dog. Yeah, it's a lot to do. You're mentioning the the processedness of it. Well, the processes changes the processing of of our food changes the structure of it, and so our bodies have a harder time digesting. Not only if they're adding, you know, sulfates and benzoates and all kinds of food additives that our body is just, you know, does not like anyways, and it has we have difficulties processing. And with all these sulfurs and sulfites, people are why do we react to that? Well, we need sulfur for detoxification, but then we are introducing all these sort of uh, processed sulfurs that have been changed and manipulated, and it's not the natural sulfur that our body needs. So that's going to disrupt our detoxification process, and then the body's not able to get rid of stuff properly, right? Well, and the there's also preservatives. That's the thing that the dogs and yeah, cats sometimes... The food additives, the preservatives, okay. yeah. That's the thing that bothers me about the foods the most. At least I know mm-hmm. that there's meat and veg and cottage cheese and this and that in there. But you never really know what that big, long chemical name means and what exactly that did to the food to keep it so it can sit on the floor for six weeks open. Mm-hmm. What is that, you know? Yeah, and, and um, like benzoates are banned in Europe. 
and we have them in everything here. And I've seen people with severe allergies to benzoates. And benzoates are in your Coca-Cola, they're in your your food, your your um, hand wash, your hair shampoo. Is it a thickener or a thinner? What is it? it, it benzoates are, I think they give like a like a vanilla flavor, and it's also sort of the flavor of the preservative. And it gives a vanilla scent. It's very strong. And it's der- it is derived naturally, but it's been processed to a form that our bodies don't like a whole lot. Most of us can process it fine, but I have seen people who, you know, they put the shampoo on their head and their hair falls out. They, they have hives when they drink Coca-Cola. They just react horribly to these benzoates. And in my research, I've seen that um, most of Europe bans the benzoates but we have it here. And I'm sure if you look in their list of ingredients on some of the cheaper brands of dog foods, you're going to see a lot of these uh, food additives and preservatives. But if you think of it as preserving food, you don't want to preserve your insides. <laughs> and it's, it's something else for your digestive system to deal with and your liver to deal with. And our livers are so overly stressed just from our environments anyways that limiting the, the amount of these toxins is, is the best thing to do. I mean, Red Bull, like those... Those energy drinks are so full of them that, you know, I see kids drinking them. I'm like, please don't do that. Like, they they are just so many toxins in your body to deal with, with all those preservatives. I, you know what I have a hard time with is the Starbucks because when I'm mm-hmm. at Starbucks, I try not to be judgmental. I'm just there to get my non-fat, no-wit mocha, and, you know, I know other people would roll their eyes at that particular order that it's that specialized I don't like whipped cream thank you very much and I don't really want whole milk and I like chocolate so sue me but anyway when I'm in the lineup with other people and I hear their order I can guess their order by their size I can look at someone and go oh you're a double macchiato girl for sure oh yeah yeah you're a you know you're a double whip add the whatever person you know you're a skinny da 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 I can just tell what they're going to order I can always tell but what upsets me in the lineup is the teenagers because often they're as young as 11 12 13 14 and they're ordering big drinks venti drinks with double shots triple shots of espresso and a ton usually it's the frappuccino drinks they're going for that sort of a thing or the pumpkin latte thing so it's tons of sugar tons of flavor and I just worry about them that goes right back to our immune system. So I'm talking about our digestive system and that when we were sort of look, we're talking about animals first, but we get into the immune system, we get into how it affects us. 10 grams of sugar is going to shut down your immune system for four hours. So you look at these drinks and they're like 80 grams, 100 grams. I think I've seen one with like well over 200 grams of sugar for a uh, one of those whipped drinks or whatever you're talking about. And that just shuts you down. So you think of birthday parties, sending your kids to birthday parties, everybody has cake and candy and everything, and their immune system's shut down, and then one of those kids has a virus, all those kids have viruses. They get the same oh, thing, they just wow. spread it. wow, or right? Halloween. Halloween set mm-hmm. them all up, didn't it? Send, taking yeah. candy in their lunch. So for the record, because I want you to spell this out, sometimes I'm offered something weird, okay? I go to get a coffee someplace, somebody's house, tea, whatever, and I look for what I like, which is honey, or if I can't have honey, I look for brown sugar. And if I absolutely can't have brown sugar, I'll usually either go without or have a very little bit of white sugar. Okay, now you're saying all that's equally bad, including the weird stuff. I mean, there's all these weird things now, you know. Oh, like the aspartame or the saccharin? Well, there's those too. No, no, but I mean natural sugars packaged in 
I forget what they're called, Ethan. Oh, There's like raw sugar or stevia. Stevia. Or, There's uh, one that I've been offered as if di- I'm being xylitol. offered echinacea. You know, people offer to you like they're they're offering you, yeah, really, like they're offering, you know, oat bread or, or <laughs> well, you know, the whole thing with stevia. <laughs> yeah, and all those ones, they're, they're, they're altered still, right, to get them into yeah. that packaged form. They're still processed. Okay. They're still altered. So the good old honey, go for the good old honey. And or go for the good old maple syrup, right? Like is that uh, shutting me down for four hours anyway, or not? It's not going to be as strong as a shutdown because sugar, anything that's refined, even this the stevia is not going to shut down your system because it's not actually a sugar; it's a herb, and so it's oh, just a very okay. strong, sweet herb, but doesn't affect your glycemic index. So it doesn't shift your glycemic index. Well, these are good things, honey and stevia. But dogs yeah. and cats don't need these things. And sometimes when people no. try to give their animals <laughs> treats, they give them what they like as treats. And because there's something in the treat the animal likes, even though it's a chocolate bar, there's something in it he likes, even though it's toxic to him, even though it makes him feel like crap 20 minutes later and for hours to come. You know, he'd so much rather you give him a treat for him, like a little piece of meat. Or even mm-hmm. a Cheerio would be better, you know. And I found cat- um, dried salmon, which is awesome. Oh, yeah. like the dog they go crazy that. that. Yeah. <laughs> and so do cats, actually. Dried salmon skins, cats will eat that too. So then you have a yeah. treat that they both like. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we got to think of them. I mean, yeah, you're right. He looks like he wants it. He wags his tail and he begs when I'm eating them because every time I eat them, I give him one. But that doesn't mm-hmm. mean he wouldn't prefer a piece of jerky you know like really he's a dog he's a canine he's never supposed to have chocolate so i think people Mm -hmm. have to really think about what they feed their pets when they feed them treats and special exactly and And the wheat the wheat is another one the refined wheat like a whole wheat is is a bit better but the white refined wheat is going to do the same thing to the immune system it's going to boost your glycemic index this is a lot of diabetics don't know it boosts your glycemic index like the equally as bad as sugar and uh, yeah, white flour is sugar system. to a diabetic, really, isn't yes, it? Yes, yes. I know and, that's hard uh, to get your your head around. And those aspartames and those fake sugars, those chemical fake sugars, those are yeah, sure they're not sugar, but they they affect your glycemic index more than regular sugar. Just a little thing in there. Anyways, I was talking about the um, digestive system with the sugars and. And it also, uh, the sugars affect the flora, your, your, your bacterial balance in there. When we went back into saying, okay, take your probiotics, people get addicted to the sugars, which is all the time. I see it all the time. People are fully addicted to the sugars. <laughs> get off the sugars because the sugars will feed the bad bacteria and cause, you know, a lot of bacterial imbalance. When, the, when there's more bad bacteria in the digestive system, whether you're a human or an animal, it's going to um, break down the walls of your digestive system, and that's the increase of allergies and increase of skin issues, hair issues. You know, the coat when the coats are sort of um, having recurrent problems. That's because it's reflecting the inside of the body. You know what? Xylitol is an artificial sweetener we use that I know you're Mm -hmm. saying you should really steer clear of all the artificial sweeteners, but it's in a lot of the candies, and that's one that's actually extremely toxic to pets. So they should never have that. So people really have to think about, you know, if it's mm-hmm. crap for you, don't give it to your animal. Your animal yeah. has a different kind yeah. of treat. Your animal would like chopped up apple or chopped up yam just as much and beg just as badly for it and do just as many tricks for it if it's that kind of animal. If not, you may have to, you know, get a couple of pieces of meat and cut it up for your dog. But I, you know what I find interesting is when I've had dogs 
in my care at Camp Good Dog who've been undergoing chemotherapy and have cancer and are being treated for that. And they're doing a holistic as well as traditional approach. From the holistic side, we get advice like get them off kibble, no flour Mm -hmm. at all, no grains whatsoever. He should eat only protein and veg because flour or grain, any kind of grain in dogs feeds cancer. This is what they tell Mm -hmm. us. And so the dog immediately goes on to some kind of stew you make with like yams and different green vegetables and, and, uh, you know, chicken or lamb or whatever it is you're choosing and you, you, you freeze it and you feed that every day. And actually, it's just as cheap as dog food, but it's a little more time and you have to use a rice cooker and you have to have your vet's help making sure it's the right amount and it, you add some nutrients to it like bone meal and things that are missing. But um, enzymes sometimes, depending on the dog. But I find it interesting that that's going on and mm-hmm. cancer in dogs is really high and cancer in dogs as they age is higher and yet, all the senior foods, the way they deal with the fact that people want to overfeed and underexercise pets and the pet obesity problem is they fill it up with grain. So just as your dog gets to the stage where he's more likely to get cancer, they give him the, the grains and the flowers in more quantity in the recipe so that he's more likely to build cancer if he has it. You know, it seems like yeah. a mistake to me. Well, I mean, the people who are making the dog food aren't doing it because they're nutritionally... <laughs> guided to do it. They're doing it for the monetary reason. And it's, 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 I guess it's cheaper, right? To fill it with the grains yes. and corn and everything. And, it, and, and the corn and easier. industry and the easier corn industry to get people to horrible. buy it. <laughs> and it's easier to get people to buy it and think, mm-hmm. okay, well, I've fed my dog four cups a day his whole life. Now I'll feed him four cups of this stuff. I don't have to feel bad feeding him two and a half because now he walks around the block instead of running through the park, mm-hmm. you know, and really he's not hungry guys. He's, he's okay on two and a half. If he's 10 years old and he only goes for a walk around the block, he doesn't need four cups anymore of crap just because, mm-hmm. you know, he could have the two and a half cups of the, of the better food that you used to feed him and just to have less of it. You know what I mean? Like the senior food, a lot of times is just more grains, same price, more grains. So you got to kind of wonder about that when really we're a lot of veterinarians, a lot of people around the world are questioning whether dogs should even have grains and how much and certainly not as a majority of the diet. There was a study, um, well, it's some facts that I was researching about corn-fed beef and they're saying, okay, corn-fed beef, the cows will develop bacterial infections on being a corn-fed diet. But if you look at grass-fed beef, they don't develop the same bacterial infections. They don't have the, what is it, E. coli or whatever. They don't develop these other um, bacterial issues. And they say, okay, well, even a corn-fed cow, his diet is promoting all this bacterial and viral uh, issues in its whole digestive system. When you switch its its diet to grass-fed for even the last six days before slaughter, the bacterial balance just automatically balances out again. That's interesting because we've all seen our dogs go eat grass to clean their systems out. We've all seen it and then they throw up. And also something about that is sheep, if sheep are raised with horses and other animals, you do this because there's something in the sheep's saliva that gets on the grass that gets shared with the other animals that is a natural worm fighter. Mm. Isn't that cool? I know. There's so many cool things. (laughs) So when we talk about, I want to talk about worms because you're sort of, we went to the break and we said we were going to wrap up with that. And I know we're running out of time pretty soon, but we did tell them we were going to talk about that worms and mange. And you were talking about how, you know, 
I'd like you to explain a little bit because you said that a normal animal, a healthy animal could be exposed to it and have no problem. But this animal from Katrina, was, it was having some problems. Yeah, she, she just had severe mage. She lost all of her hair. And, and I've actually seen probably about three or four animals since her with the same kind of condition. And uh, we just worked with uh, um, samples of the mange all over her body and sending it in energetically into her system and into her energy body, into her cells, so that her body would recognize it and know what to do with it. And she got better, and her hair came back in and grew thick and healthy, and um, it was it was an amazing thing. And another dog, sort of the same kind of thing. Issues with mange, issues with food as well. So we would identify, I would help the owner identify, okay, out of all of these meats, she would only feed the dog raw meat, out of all of these different meats, kangaroo, goat, she had everything, caribou, elk, and regular beef, and chicken, and salmon, out of all of them, which ones were the best for her dog to have at that point? And um, some of them, the dog couldn't tolerate at all. She couldn't, wasn't going to tolerate any grains at all. There was no way. So we narrowed it down to like, what this is your diet. And the diet switched and changed over a few, over, I think it was three years that I worked with this dog. But we got, got it to the point where this dog, little dog wasn't chewing on his feet, um, chewing his hair out. The mange got under control and um, the, her food diet regime has opened up so that now um, I think the only thing she's staying away from is chicken right now. And But before it was like, everything. <laughs> you can't have any vegetables, only these, you know, only, it was like only salmon or elk for a while. That was it. Wow, that's restrictive. But that's the good thing about working with you in this kind of work is you may get a list of, at first of things that you have to avoid, but mm-hmm. in the end, you'll be able to have those things or your animal will. So it's, it's you yeah, know, you work on you're looking on. at the immune system and it's like, all the immune system is just trying to do is protect you, but it's reacting to everything. So if you can figure out what it's reacting to and take those out of there, then the body will the immune system be able to calm down and start to focus and heal the damaged areas inside. When you talked about that little guy picking at his paws, if you've got an animal that chews at its feet, you're likely to have some red or brown staining of the fur around the foot pads, maybe mm-hmm. on the top, maybe on the bottom. And you're likely to see your animal actually kind of nibbling on its feet. And that is a, usually an indicator that it is a food allergy, whereas sometimes you'll see scratching or something else somewhere else some other way. It might be an environmental allergy, like your neighbor spraying pesticides or the grass was mowed today or something like that. But if your animal's actually picking at the pads of its feet, that's where animals sweat, dogs particularly. And so okay. when you see your dog doing that, then you pretty much know it's something in its diet. So that's kind of a tip-off for everybody out there. And if you don't see your dog doing that, but your dog gets staining there, the same kind of color it goes around the mouth, that's saliva staining. It shouldn't have saliva staining on its feet. So there's a tip-off. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know that. That's great. Okay, everybody. Well, we've run out of time, so I want to just leave you with the fact that thewayoflaura.com or now, even cooler, twol.com is how you get a hold of Laura. If you want to have a treatment or you've got an itchy, scratchy, sneezy dog or cat that needs a treatment, maybe you've got a kid who uh, can't get near peanuts or, well, what else would you suggest, Laura? Who should be calling you? 
anybody who's interested in, I guess, an animal reading or um, anybody who's just, most of the people I see are people who've exhausted all the, all the other sources. <laughs> they can't get, you know, response with conventional medicine and, uh, you know, their naturopathic is still looking at their symptoms because I'm not looking at symptoms. I'm looking at what is out of balance in the body and how do we get it back into balance and what does the body want us to do. So, and you do it yeah. by Skype for people who don't live close by. You can get on with Laura on Skype and have this done so that she asks your body what's wrong with it, what's right with it, what it needs, what needs changing, what's good the way it is. So you may end up actually checking out some of your vitamins. You may end up throwing out some of your medicine. You may not need it anymore. It may end up saving you a whack of money because it did me on antihistamines for my cat allergy, which mostly I no longer have. So, love from Lion, Laura, and um, I hope to talk to you next time. Yeah, it'll be great. Anytime. Let me know about that dog of yours. Let me know how it works getting her in the car and getting her spayed. (laughs) We will. We will. We do not want any coyote cross, wolf cross puppies landing on your doorstep. No. (laughs) Be careful. It can happen. Be cute, but not so tame. Okay, everybody. Until next time from Animal Party Pet Life Radio, your host, Deborah Wolf, and today's guest, Laura Cook. Be good to your animals. Let's Talk Pets. Every week, on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com.